your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. How about that? Does that work? That works. Still yeah. buzzing? Yeah. No, we're oh, not buzzing anymore. I didn't hit the button. Yeah, we gotta hit, hit the button. button. I, I jinked myself because I said, "What are the odds you're going to be in here?" And then yeah. I'm going to screw up. Mayor Mitch Reynolds. We'll start over. Facebook okay. Live people can reset. Uh, one of the uh, the most and action-packed dedication ceremonies. This was uh, Mitch Reynolds at the uh, dedication ceremony of a fire truck today, a big ladder truck. I, I, uh, but wait, before we said, I, I honestly did not know that we dedicated fire trucks. That was not that I, I, you know, so I've been on the job for three months. I didn't realize that that was ever a thing that we did dedicate fire trucks. So we we got this this new. It's a it's a it's kind of a do everything. It's a, it's a it's the it's a Swiss Army knife of fire trucks. It's a kind of a do everything truck, but uh, yeah, it's like the, it's like shampoo, conditioner, motor oil. All, all uh, body wash of all fire trucks. Time. Yeah, suave. Yeah, pretty, amazing. pretty amazing. Um, so we dedicate that. And during, well, we'll just, here's Mitch dedicating the, you know, part of the dedication, I should say. It's not, I don't know if you get the, the actual honor of doing that. They, no. um, a lot of people were going to speak, but then this, here, here we go. Listen up. And there have been evolutions. I mean, look at this thing compared to what, uh, just some activity over there. You, all of you. I'm going to take a moment while all of our uh, first responders take care of some business. Every single one of them. I would say it's the, uh, the if you're going to have a car accident, have it, have it. next to the fire station yep. during a dedication ceremony. <laughs> so literally, well, maybe not literally every firefighter in and first responder no. in the city is there, but a good number of them. A lot of them. And you, you kind of, I think maybe, you, you know a little bit better than I do of, of what, can you just describe what you think happened with the, the van, the minivan? It was just an intersection accident, basically a car, I think, um, was it, what was, what was on the, what was on the side? It was a full-size truck? It was a, a minivan. A minivan, oh, was a minivan. Okay, yeah. So a minivan on the side, some, something hit the minivan in the intersection and it turned over on the side. There were no, everybody climbed out, everybody's okay, there were no injuries. Um, oh, maybe it. Maybe it is a truck. Oh, it is a truck. I don't know why I thought minivan. It looks like a full-size truck. Nice truck. Uh, but everyone was okay. Um, Wait, was it just a one car? Was it one one car accident? That that appears to be the case. Huh. Several people were in the van. So Brad says van here, but this is definitely a truck. That looks like a truck to me. That's a van a flipped onto its side. That's a Brad, crew cab. Brad Williams, are that's you a, listening? That's a crew cab. This is definitely, what is that, a that's Toyota? A, that's, is it a Toyota? Brad Williams, this that's is definitely a full-size Toyota truck. Yeah. No, that looks like a, that, that's definitely a toy. How many people can we get in the studio? Is nope. that guy got swim shorts on? Is well, this guy was swimming, maybe. Is it? Is this? A, you can see. Is this? Is that? Is that? The first fire. He was the first police person. Is that WisdomNews.com? Yeah, WisdomNews.com. You can, you can see this at WisdomNews.com. There's a really good picture of that it was this Brad. I, I think it was just the one vehicle. Brad took a really nice maybe picture. Yeah. The story that I heard is that was they somebody hit actually hit the vehicle. So apparently they just they just flipped over the the curb. Yeah, I mean there looks like maybe you, it's hard to say. There's like thirty people in that truck. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people were trying to help. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So they all climbed out. Um, Chief Kudron hoofed it down there. He was at the dedication and he. He, I don't know where he got the because uh, he had his his reflective vest on in the picture there, so somehow he acquired that in the block. Well, you know how Spider Man just hit, opens that capsule. Yeah, and I think it, he had, is I that think how he, that works, Brad? The capsule, the, Spider Man, with the Spider Man thing on. Yeah, or Iron Man has the whole yeah. metal suit somewhere yeah. in, in his like shoe. 
So, I mean, Kudron's probably got that technology he's at got, this point. And he's got long strides, too, that, um, he, that he can cover some ground. With each. Yeah, he's uh, pretty in shape. I don't think I would beat him in a run race at this point. A running, no, you yeah. know, if I had to run from Kudron, not going not gonna to do it. Are, he's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but my guess is that his physical conditioning is, is pretty top-notch. Brad Williams, not sure. I think Brad could out-hoof him, maybe. I'd like to see that. We should have a citywide race, just uh, everybody, all the celebs. Um, anyway, so <laughs> Mitch Reynolds dedicating the ceremony, and I'll, I'll play it a couple of times here because this is you have to real you have to you really listen. You got to get into it. You have to get. It, you, so we're standing in front of this big fire engine that apparently we bought, and it's getting dedicated to, which is and it's a really great story, as a matter of fact, and we can talk about that story later. But we're doing this dedication at the fire station at Fire Station One, the fire engine at sorry the Quint One at Fire Station One and Market and Fifth. And at Market and Six, there's this traffic, there's this accident, and you can hear the squealing of tires and the thump. Right here. Look at this thing. Compared to what? Compared to what? Yeah, something like that. Anyway, you can hear it, and at this moment, there's a bunch of people standing around for the dedication, and all of a sudden, they say they start taking off. They just start hoofing it. There's the fire trucks. Everybody jumps in. They know exactly what they're doing. So. And uh, we'll have Brad change that on the Wisdom Station because Dude, clearly it's truck. <laughs> that's definitely that's a definitely. But there was there was a point there where it's a us, tundra, right? Is that a tundra? It looks like it might be. The, there's a point there where us stupid media people, because there's plenty of people helping, but us media people are trying to take pictures of this thing. It's your job. But also stay you're out doing, of the way of you're doing this. Your job. Well, there's 75 firefighters yeah, trying to get training, by. Yeah, hey, pump. camera guys. Can you get out of the way? We're, you know, we're actually responding to this. We're responding. It's the most responded to <laughs> single car, single truck accident in, in at least lacrosse Ever. history, Ever. if not all of mankind. Yeah. All of car kind. And, so. and, and especially during a dedication ceremony. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. So that's that. Yeah, we did that. I mean, this, this segment was supposed to be about the Bucks, so I pushed the Bucks segment back. Okay. Uh, so we'll, we'll do Bucks. We'll do Bucks segment. Because uh, that's what's important to us. That was just one of the things I did today. <laughs> all right. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I should turn that on, Mitch, so that Maybe. people can text. I was yeah. a little distracted with the the whole yeah. full-size truck. I mean, that was it's it's a weird uh, you know, and because nobody's hurt, we can kind of make light of the situation. Uh, except for that truck it was a really nice truck, probably $65,000 truck. Well, I don't know what year <laughs> it was. I mean, it's Man, sure. it looks pretty so nice. So anyway, that's at, that's at wisdomnews.com. Yeah, then definitely. You clearly see it's a truck, but is it does it say truck yet, or does it still say minivan? Uh, well, I have to, mm. I have to like hard refer. Oh yeah, truck rolls. There, there we go. Good we job, go. Brad. There we go. So this go. is Kudron without a head here. It looks like he's missing a head with the the, the vest on. This might be his head right here, huh? I believe that's Chief Kudron. The, look for the tallest guy in the picture. And who's is he petting this guy? Oh no, that's okay. So the guy, the dude with the vest. Is now, okay, so Chief Kudron is in front. He does not have the reflective vest okay, on. I yep. don't know who has a reflective vest on. Yeah, okay. Well, it looks like a headless person. And then there's a guy in between Kudron and the vest guy. They're lining up, man. <laughs> We're, uh, they're working as a team. That's what they do. They work as a team. So if, if nobody knew, we spent the first 15 minutes of the show talking yeah. about uh, Mitch dedicating uh, a, a, a fire truck today, fire truck. which he didn't know actually happened in the city. And it sounds like he didn't know that we were buying a fire truck. Well, this fire truck was purchased long before I got here. Okay. But uh, we dedicated it to James McCormick, uh, who died on uh, Thanksgiving morning, I want to say, in 1957, uh, fighting a fire. He suffered some chest pains and was taken to the hospital, later declared dead. But as interestingly enough, his son... 
also worked for the fire fire department, James um, James McCormick uh, Jr. And his grandson and his grandson's wife also worked for the city of Lacrosse. Really hard for me to play this crash sound when you're doing like. I apologize for that. Now you can play crash sound whenever you want. Just yeah. drop it in. It's insensitive. Like, I'm learning like about. It, if you feel like you need to play crash sound. Play crash. Sound. I'm learning about sensitivity. Like uh, last time Gilliam was on, it was the day that that Florida building collapsed, and yeah. I asked Ken because he the fire department's the building inspectors in the city. So yeah. hey, I wanted to a b like would this ever happen in the city? But I also wanted to talk about how crazy. And make light of it a little bit. And Ken, before the show, is just like, Rick, uh, people are still buried, and we shouldn't. And I'm like, yeah, good good call. Good call. So yeah. I'm learning. I'm still learning a Bucks little bit. Um, all right. So so that happened Bucks and six. this morning. Bucks and six. Bucks and at least seven. At most seven. <laughs> at most seven, yeah. Bucks and at most seven. That's what I say. i got to turn this on. When, I, when you say Bucks and six. Look at this thing. Compared to what? I think i got to get rid of the compared to what. Compared to what? Uh, you you, you talk really, over the crash. I, I Why talked you over that? the crash. Yeah. It's like the worst thing to do. Like you, it's like journalism 101 when yeah, the recorder's yeah, on and yeah, the guest yeah. is on. Don't interrupt him, which I will so, do. Most, was the most guest, of the pretty much the guest there. Um, best play of the, the, the Buck series. Drew's alley-oop, probably because of recency bias, but also Giannis's block the game before. Both game-saving plays. Both Giannis, of course, but... Uh, which know. one do you I, like better? I don't know how to. I, I like I like the Drew Holiday steal to the alley oop better. Yeah. Uh, just because it involves, I, I, the 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 uh, the play that I think displays more just athletic prowess. Look at this thing. And just the thing, 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 thing. being able to get rotate, get up exactly where he needed to be, just outside the rim, and block that shot. I mean, when we think about DeAndre Ayton, his his hands are. 12 feet in the air, right? Yeah, Eaton's going up, and Giannis is like... <laughs> and then he's going to meet it. I don't know, I don't know. That was That's pretty stunning, but uh, just in relation to the audacity of uh, Drew Holiday after the steal, instead of, well, they have 20 seconds left, right? So yeah, you, there's you, not a lot of time. and You hold the ball, you get it to Chris Middleton, and you and you win the game. Yeah, and Drew's not a bad... And, and just yeah. for the record there, when you I said Giannis blocks it, you don't have headphones on, but I was playing the, the oh. car crash. So just for the record, because you didn't react, I was like, "Oh, he doesn't have headphones on. He's not even here. Not He's not even." And it's hard because you said compared over the car crash. So. I've talked over the um, car crash. The best part, I like the Drew play, the Drew Holiday strip yeah. steal and alley oop a because uh, like he's like, "Ah, eh, we're gonna alley oop it to the greatest player in the NBA right now," yeah. and like f you all of you. But also like Booker has he's gotten like 16 fouls the last two games, and he earlier in the game. So like, screw you, Booker. I'm just. We're gonna strip the ball after he makes that three. Booker makes a three to pull the game within three with under a minute to go, and it's like, could you miss that one? Could you at least? Because he'd make every shot down the stretch. Like you, elite, crazy athletes, could you just miss one of the late, like gigantic, huge pressure filled? Because he was gonna make that shot when he spun around. At, after he spun around, right before the steal, you know he was gonna make that shot. Yeah, for sure. And it would have. He, he would have did a ridiculous traveling step back and hit a three oh, to yeah, tie the game. Yeah. Traveling step back, he probably would have pushed off. It would but, have been some sort of foul that he committed. But it would just be nice if oh Drew Holl or uh, Devin Booker a three a, a, a three to get within three a one basket of the Bucks in the final minute. Oh, he missed it. Like no drama. <laughs> Can we do that? <laughs> just so I don't have a heart attack during the Bucks game because uh, the Bucks lose that game. And then it's really really a lot more difficult for yeah, them to win the championship yeah. tonight. Um, have you watched? I've literally watched every minute of all the Bucks playoff games. 
Yeah. Literally every minute. Oh, all the books. No, I haven't watched all the books playoff games. I mean, there's probably a Hawks game where they lost by 40 that I didn't watch. Didn't watch but that. All the just everything. I, watched, I think I watched part of that one. And I've gone through um, hills and valleys, mountains and valleys, I would say, mountains of my Budenholzerness. Yeah. My love and hate relationship like, with I Coach. I thought you were going to say your emotional stability. You've gone through hills and yeah. valleys of emotional stability. <laughs> Instability, I would call it. Uh, insensitivity training. Um, because that guy, like the first, th- the, every series up until this one and, and the first two games of this series, it's like, we got this Giannis guy, do your thing. And then Middleton, do your thing. Drew, do your thing. And then in two games, they're down 0-2 to the Suns in the NBA Finals. And then Boone's all, hey, you know what? We probably should run some offense. Run some look what the offense. look what the Suns are doing. Here, they're running. They're offense. running offense and just destroying us. Yeah. We have better players. We don't yeah. have Chris Paul, but we have better players. And then if we run some y- offense, we open up this lane for this seven foot yep. guy who's yep. a unicorn, literally a unicorn. I think he has the thing through, you know, um, figuratively a unicorn, but like just unreal. Like, and now now he's the best coach in the world. And Four games ago, he was the worst. 608-785-7914. If you would oh, like is there talk, a call coming? you got to be like careful. To talk about something, I'm more than happy to just talk Bucks. but if anybody wants to discuss things that no, we're, we're gonna talk are important uh, to the city of Lacrosse, more than happy to discuss We've it. got a whole half hour after this to talk Bucks. <laughs> I will tell you that. Okay. Uh, caller, 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 who is this? Yeah, it's uh, Joe. Hey, Joe, go ahead. You're on the air with Mayor Mitch Reynolds. Yeah, do you guys know um, when the forensic audits uh, start in Wisconsin for the to determine how much they cheated in the 2020 election? No, you could just assume that we cheated and then just go with that, I think. No, do you know when they start? The forensic audits? Yeah, I really don't. Is that that seems it's just, is yeah. that happening on the oh. state level, Joe? Oh, okay. I thought since you guys were a news network that you guys would have that information. Thank well, you. I'm not part of a news network. Um, I'm just the mayor of the city of La Crosse. Are so, you guys doing your forensic audit to see if not, Chinese bamboo got yes, into? We did not. We're not using any uh, Chinese bamboo tests. No. No. Okay. Well. So, um. Yeah. You're no, familiar. We're done with counting the election. That was a really long time ago. So. At this point, we're just going to do this for four years. Are are we not with the election? <laughs> Just I don't know. all the way up. It'll, get, really... it'll be weird to keep doing it through the next election. So, yeah. um, all right. I do have some city stuff to talk about. I talked yeah. to um, a new city council member yesterday, Matt Keel. Yeah. Uh, she's one of the, the, the female led majority of the city council now and one of six new members. And, you know, you have pretty, you have quite a bit of familiarity with city council business being at you. You've worked here, you know, you had to cover all those meetings. Sure. Uh, how tough, you know, how, do you see some struggles with the six new council members and just, you know, getting acclimated to being a council member? Well, let me just say council member Keel is um, just a, a tremendous advocate for her council district seven. Uh, she is uh, really a, uh, just energetic and has a lot of really great ideas and is bringing a lot of great energy to the city council as are all of those who were elected uh, in the, in the spring. So that's really exciting. And it's really, uh, you know, it's just fantastic to be able to work with this new bunch I haven't faced any challenges yet. I mean, it's been great getting to know them. I would like to be able to do that a little bit more. It's difficult when we're still we're not still not going to meetings together. Usually, uh, the only meeting space we have right now is the South Side uh, Neighborhood Center on Sixth and Hood. Um, so we really are we can't get the whole city council together. We can't. It's difficult to get the regular meetings together. Um, you know, we just the city council chambers are still. 
still being renovated, so we can't open those up yet. If we could, then we would all be able to meet together, but uh, that hasn't happened yet. So it's it's a little bit of a struggle getting to know everybody because, uh, as you know, a uh, lot of conversations happen between people who are elected to office or among people who are elected to office outside of the meeting times. They're just kind of hanging out, you know, yeah. like, hey, how's it going? And, hey, can I get that, that you know, can I... Uh, if you, would, would you mind giving up that street in your district so I can get that street fixed in my district? That kind of thing. Um, going going back to the car accident that happened today. Yes. God forbid that the fire department isn't on Cass Street and the truck flipped over the what are them the bump outs? Yeah. Because then we yeah. would just talk about bump outs the bump whole outs. hour as opposed to yeah. bucks in car accident. Mm, um, she was outs. talking though yesterday, and we can get into this a little bit. Just yeah. the uh, the the twenty two million dollar. COVID relief. I see the city posted that today too. Just the there's kind of three tiers to applying for COVID relief. You got any advice for how how an outsider of City of Lacrosse that works in town can get some of that twenty two million? Or? I just I have a I have a, a box of cash in my car. Is that what? There are not three tiers. Um, so good information, not the right information, but that'd be good if it was. What we have is uh, we have we're looking for we're feedback from the from the community in relation to desires for usage of the dollars. And then we do have an application for nonprofits, which is on our website right now. Um, what the, our, uh, there are a number of ways that we can use COVID relief funds under the American Recovery Plan. And they're not always the types of ways that people think they, we can use them. And so we have to be pretty judicious about uh, utilization. And um, we're, so we're looking for what the, what, are the public would like to see but also what we can do immediately without question is get some immediate help to those nonprofit organizations that are helping those populations in our community who are the most in need so that's going to be part of our focus uh it's it's going to be part of our focus assuming that the city council agrees um as quickly as possible yeah the three tiers i think i like the way the community can have public input i think that was that was what i meant by that um on the city website if you want to go to that um. Yeah. The uh, what if we just spent all twenty-two million on fixing the roads? Can we do that? No. No. Okay. Can't use. Any Can you of it. E- use any of it on fixing no. the roads? No. No. None of it. Okay. No. I mean, unless it, unless a road was somehow destroyed because of COVID, or somehow we couldn't fix a road, or we didn't, or a road was. N- I don't know. No. You'd have to have. Let me just say no because you'd there's have to no think way we can do it. Last spring, you'd have to have exposed the city road crews to COVID and, and then were, had them not they work. They deferred maintenance to the point where a road collapsed, and then potentially we could fix a road with. Yeah, them. we'll have to look into look last spring. Maybe yeah. that happened. I don't know. Um, all right, that's Mayor Mitch Reynolds. I'm Rick Solom with Lacrosse Talk PM. We got to do Scott's comment. Brad, doing the news. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Earlier today, not even that long ago, Mitch Reynolds dedicating a fire truck yeah. down on Market and Fifth. Yeah. One of the things and there have been evolutions. I mean, look at this thing compared to what uh, just some activity over there. You, all of you, I'm going to take a moment while all of our uh, first responders take care of some business. So the uh, the most responded to car accident in Lacrosse City of Lacrosse history, mm. with me- combining media and first responders yeah. as as a lot of firefighters yeah. and police officers and um, somebody did ask if you ran over there and helped helped out. I don't think uh, no, I did not. 
It's the only, nope. it's like one of the like in in a in a regular like you're biking to city city hall one day and a car crashes like a rollover a single car rollover and you're the only one there. Yeah, you would probably stop and help out. The, of all the times to not do to do nothing, not a single thing to help somebody that's in a car accident. This is the one because yeah. there's 30 firefighters there to help out. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing to do. I, I don't think there were quite 30, but it, was, it was a large number, and they were ready to go, and they responded ac- uh, appropriately. They're, I don't think we over-responded in any kind of way, but they, they called out the exact right number of firefighters on the exact right number of rigs, and we just happened to have a bonus of having a few police officers there as well. So it worked out really well. Yeah, it was right there, and there's a car in the, in the middle of the street flipped over on its side anyway, so you have to block it off. So, hey, we got these fire trucks. They're already out. We'll just get, mm-hmm. We're going to park them right over yeah. here. Um, okay, moving back to I'm just okay. recapping everything we talked about. The Deer District's going to have 65,000 fans out there outside the Pfizer Forum for the Bucks game today. I made uh, the just the, the kind of the notion that yeah, COVID. Yesterday I did this. That COVID, it's still here. 65,000 people. It yeah. looks awful to do that. First of all, to just go stand outside. I stood outside for like five minutes listening to you talk about the dedication before I was like, I'm really warm now and I want to go. You, you were in the sun. I, mean, I was, and it'll be eight o'clock, I guess, in the Deer District. Yeah. But I feel like people they don't will be look pretty. Like they're warm. having just the most ridiculously fun time out there. How hard is it to go get a beer though when you're in the middle of the quote oh, unquote Deer District? There's no way. So I just don't. Like, hey, honey, I'm going to go make a beer run. <laughs> I'll see you in a couple hours. I'll see you after the game because you're never after finding the game. I don't make sure we meet up at home. Yeah. Honey. Also, we call it the Deer District. We should call it the Deer Farm. Maybe. Oh, because everybody's penned in? Or? Well, yeah, it's like, a, okay. yeah, literally there's fences yeah, around there, and that's yeah. a deer. But then that gives out the, off the notion that you get mad cow disease from deer farm. No, not, Whoa, not mad cow what? disease. What? Uh, what, what are you talking What is about? it? No, uh, no, I forgot what kind of deer disease you get. You know. Come on. I'm mad. just going to wait. No, I'm not going to do it. Then. Mad deer disease. Mad deer disease. <laughs> what is it? See, uh, I can't even think of the acronym. Gotta hit me. CWD. CW. Chronic <laughs> wasting. There it is. No, but in other states, they call it zombie deer disease. Did you know zombie this? Zombie deer disease. They call it zombie. sounds way better. Yeah, like, why aren't we calling it zombie did, deer disease? Did, don't you look, when you see those pictures or you see a footage of Deer District and you watch the people jumping up and down, they're cheering and they're leaning over the fence, doesn't that look just kind of like a, a show at Riverfest? No. Okay. Also, there. Well, the if we did river, if we did a, a watch a movie at, at down, did we do this once in a while, right at Riverside? It's about the same size screen that they do in the Deer oh, District. Yeah, There's yeah. probably like an 80 inch screen out there um, in the Deer because it's not very big. I do, the the screen that they're watching the game on is really? is, is pretty pathetic. Honestly, is it really? yeah, it's kind of it's huh, kind of pathetic. Okay. And maybe there's a couple more, it. but the first is just it, 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 Brad Williams out there at Deer District the last game. <laughs> he was out there. Really? Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if he literally went into the deer district, but he was down in the area, well, so he was him. just outside. He was checking out the deer at the deer farm. Sure. Checking wow, out. that's impressive. But uh, we don't call it the deer farm because of COVID, because deer district. Brad's always just running in here. Brad, you don't have a mic, so I don't know how this is going to work. Well, I'll shout. Okay. okay. What? Okay. No, I was I was uh, standing. I was not inside the fenced area. Right. There were. Two fenced areas, one right outside of the Pfizer Forum on the, the let's say, uh, I think one is on the east side of the building and one was on the south side uh, between the Forum and the the old Mecca, the uh, mm. the which is now the UWM 
uh, arena. And so there were a lot of people in the, the one that they always show on TV. And not so many. And it didn't look like there was very much place to buy beer in there. But yeah, <laughs> I would think that you, you know. You, there was one pretzel stand. And you, there was a barbecue stand across the street. And just standing out in the street like my brother and I were doing, that was fun. Because we weren't going to either get inside or we weren't going to pay the money to get inside the fence. Anyway. Eat some barbecue. Okay. Bread, Brad Williams, Hold, ultimate cheapskate. Yeah. Won't even pay yeah. to get into the Deer District. He's close to the Deer District. <laughs> <laughs> Barbecue. They tried. They wanted to go into the Pfizer Forum and watch a game, which would actually be cool on a road game just to go sit in there. Uh, female okay. locker rooms. You got those built yet, Mayor Mitch Reynolds? Uh, this is what you campaigned on. You were going to build the locker rooms. Yeah, I know. Absolute failure. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like, you know, it's fascinating because everybody who has who's been trying to build anything uh, is going through the same issues that we are with this. Um, and now I know that the design process for the locker rooms, um, and we do have some, you know, we're, we're, we've we've worked at some at uh, Station 3, and Station 2 is just kind of a lost cause because it's in the floodplain, and um, we're, you know, we'll be putting a new one up, and then we'll be looking at Station 4 trying to get something in there because it's going to be a couple of years before that one is uh, that one is closed with the new station four, but uh, station one, it's taken the design process has taken just an excruciatingly long time, as well as the you know just that that entire process. But also because of the delays in supply of of just the things that everybody who's done a renovation project has gone through the same thing. They've they've you know we're just struggling with. Um, with the, the timelines, because we don't what we what we don't want to do is we don't want to start a project, not be able to get some of the supplies that we need, and then not be able to finish the project because it's a fire station. It's fire station one. People are living there, and there's just there's not much there to begin with, for in terms of, of facilities. So it's a little bit of a struggle. It's much more of a struggle than I anticipated. Um, I'm a little surprised it's it's taken as long as it has. And there's talk too about uh, the police. Headquarters doing some renovations too, in the same that's, regard, right? That's called City Hall. Yeah, yep. Police headquarters. Though. We also call it City Hall. Oh, you want to call it City Hall? There's police headquarters within City Hall, right? That's um, exactly what it is. That's <laughs> exactly what it is. But other cities have both, and they're separate, right? Like there's yeah, police headquarters. Yeah, stuff. we're not going to, you know. And I know last year the City Council approved um, a planning for a, I don't know, a 42 million or a 46 million dollar law enforcement center. I yanked that out right away. We're not doing that. Uh, but instead, we're looking at uh, again um, facilities, equal facilities for our female officers, making sure that those are. We can do some renovations in City Hall to make that happen. We have to improve our uh, our um, how we maintain our evidence. There's a couple of security issues we have to deal with. So that instead of building a whatever, $42 million law enforcement center. I thought center. it was in the 30s. Did it jump to 40? 42, it was like the... I think lacro- originally it was like... I think originally it was 46. And then I think... The, but but I you're doing lacrosse center now. Because originally the lacrosse center was 46, 48, and it dropped down to 42. 42, yeah. 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 Which, wanna... by the way, is on time and on budget. Which right. is kind of... Yeah, what's the what's the best the best thing about the, the new lacrosse center? The renovator. Honestly, I should say. it's just when you look and when you when you go to the was I guess the mezzanine level. When you go to the mezzanine level at the top of the stairs, like when you go in the front doors and you go up the stairs and then you turn around and look out and you look out all the way down Pearl Street and it's just giant windows right there. You could see it looks like you're looking at the entire downtown. It's pretty amazing. 
so that part and then of course that that uh balcony area and i haven't spent much time in there because it was still under construction for a while as well it still is uh, but that back balcony area, just looking out over the lacrosse or the Mississippi River, is pretty the, amazing. The indoor or the outdoor part, because uh, the indoor. I mean, the outdoor part's still pretty cool, uh, and I I do appreciate that view. But you really get a good sense for just how, just how how much that lacrosse center is part of the how much the Mississippi River means to it when you get out and when you're in that inside yeah. balcony area. I don't know what they actually call it, but it's that, and you get a really good sense for just how immense and impressive the Mississippi River is right there. It's kind of comical because when we were talking originally about renovating it, it was always like, make you got to make the river the focal point of everything. And then you talk about, no, the well, when we walk in and we make the city the focal point, it's way cooler because the it's part of the city. Now we got both. Um, but the, the, worst, the worst thing, I think, is that so the outdoor balcony, yep. they put it on the side. And so yes. you kind of get a you get an okay view of the river, but also like of the building right next door and the yeah. lacrosse center. So why I don't know why they didn't put that deck out the back, but whatever. Critics, there are critics everywhere. Yeah, Forty-two really million, know. just put it out the back. I was part of those conversations, so I don't really know. But it's again, I just I'm I'm just it's pleased I'm pleased to note that it's it remains on time and on budget. So that feels pretty good. Um, we've been doing back-to-back Monday meetings on the capital budget, the yeah, five-year yeah, capital yeah, budget. Yeah. And I talked to Matt Keel, city council member, yesterday about this, this right here. Mm-hmm. is kind of the, you know, if you just go, this is 2022 funding. So $84.4 million total, $38.9 million in borrowing. But she kind of noted that this was a wish list, right? This is kind of, if yep. everybody got their way, yep. uh, how, how much of this do you think will change? The 2022 so budget. at this point, what we're looking at is we don't. What I'm, what I'm trying to do is change the. What I am going to do is change the capital budgeting process, so that we're not looking at just next year. We're looking at five years in total. So we've always had a five-year plan for capital spending, but it's it's never been a complete plan. It's always been well, we're going to do this next year, and then we'll just push everything, keep pushing everything down the line, and then you come up with like a. a, a you know, for 2024, you've got $60 million. Right. The city of La Crosse is never going to borrow $60 million at ever at, at one point ever to build anything in one year. It's just not going to happen. And so we have to be realistic about what we can, what we can afford to, to spend, what we can afford to borrow for infrastructure, how that relates to what we can spend in, um, in terms of our utilities and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then how that also relates to the, the TIFT districts as well. And so my, what I'm doing is I'm creating a, a plan that makes sense from year one. So you know that, in, and this is, it will change from year to year slightly because you're going to have to add some streets, subtract some things, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, right, I think we were at a point where we're, you know, we had uh, 120 million or something like that over five years. And We've cut it down to about 88 million with a whole list of unfunded projects because we just don't, we can't afford to borrow for all that. And I still have to do some more because you know, we frankly can't, we can't borrow $25 million a year. We just can't do it. Yeah. She was talking to, in her district, Wagon Park. Yes. Uh, you know, they want a new, mez- uh, not a mezzanine, I got mezzanine. Shelter. Right a shelter. Yep. And, um, you know, she said it's been pushed back it, so many years in a row. Overdue. And I was but like, yeah. There's, if you- actually, there's actually funding for that shelter. It's just that um, the bids came in way higher than we anticipated. Um, and so what they've asked for is additional funding to, f- to actually build the shelter. 
Yeah, because she was saying, you know, we need the shelter. It gets pushed back year after year after year. And then eventually, like, the Wagon Park's going to be like, you know what? We also now need, need new playground equipment or whatever. Because I don't even know if there's playground equipment have, in there. Yeah, but, they've got actually some but, new, newer playground But equipment. you push something back so far. And then also now, oh, Wagon Park, are you guys, oh, you need everything in there. You know why? You know, like, eventually it's like, it's like a, it becomes this thing. Oh, let's get everything for you guys. But like, well, we've needed the shelter for like a decade. And now all this the playground equipment. So pushing stuff probably. back doesn't always. 20 years, probably. <laughs> right. Oh, is it 20 years? I don't know. It's, it's. Oh, I remember when my kids were little, I would take them to the park, and that even then the restrooms were closed because they weren't usable, um, and so there were just no restrooms at Wagon Park, and I don't, I don't think there is right now actually. Um, it's, it's over. I agree with Mac. It's overdue, and we need to do it. We need to get it built. Have you made it a priority? Speaking of restrooms being closed, yep. that when the parks are, when you can use the parks, that the restrooms are actually open. Remember, we used to make fun I've of that. About, yeah, I've talked about that. I've told, uh, talked about how that that needs to be a priority. Um, they have to be usable, though, that's, and that's kind of the unfortunate thing is we have parks where the restrooms, well, that one anyway comes to mind. I'm not sure what, where else we have deficiencies. I'll have to talk to my parks director about that. But, yeah, they, they should be open. Uh, we're getting a call here. Don't know. Call, caller, who's this? You're on the air. Uh, my name is Louise. Hey, Louise. You go ahead. You're on. If um, you want to turn your radio down, yes, too. I'm, oh, sorry. I am just wondering, um, I have been kind of watching the street projects on 20th between um, Cass and King and then going on, I guess, between King and Maine. And I'm just wondering if the mayor um, approves of the amount of money that's being spent for that little two-block street and um, if he feels it is worth it. That's all I have to say. Thank you. All right, thanks. Well, thank you for that question. And, you know, I've actually gotten this question a few times. And one of the things that um, it's, and again, the decision was made to uh, do that uh, that brick project I some time ago, well before I became mayor, um, and the bids were already out. That project was underway when I got into office. So there's not an option for me to stop that project if I wanted to. Uh, I also believe we had to replace the bricks because of that street's historic designation if that's my understanding about that project um, then that is really expensive it's really really expensive and so if we could have avoided it i would have pr- chosen to avoid it yeah absolutely it's just it's you know the fortunate thing was uh our utilities department and our streets department our engineering worked together to uh, uh to be to change so make some needed updates to our uh uh, sewer uh, water and sewer lines there so that we could do kind of a twofer with that with doing utilities and streets at the same time so there is that but louise i i i know people like living on brick streets and i really do appreciate that but if i could if i could choose i would rather do and i don't know what it would be would it be maybe five blocks maybe six blocks instead of two blocks you know i'd, I'd much rather do, do laminate Maybe laminate, maybe laminate, yeah, laminate wood flooring. People like living on brick streets. I don't like uh, pushing my cart down brick floors at uh, Woodman's. I don't like that. I don't know why we're doing brick that. floors. Well, the floors. You ever go to Woodman's? I don't, push the cart? I don't no. go to Woodman's. They've got a brick floor. It's weird. Do they? All of them too. Like yeah, even been, the one I've been to Woodman's. I don't say I haven't been to Woodman's. I've been to Woodman's a couple times. You one of the basket guys? Carry the basket. I like. They had. They're the only ones, only place where you can buy fresh okra. Okay. Uh, Breaking news. <laughs> All right, that's Mayor Mitch Reynolds. We're going to wrap up after this.
All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. There's a couple minutes left here with Mayor Mitch Reynolds. and Ken's calling in. Let's get Kent down right away. Sure. Kent, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, Mayor Mitch, how you doing? Kent, Mayor of the Northside calling in. Hey, hey Kent. Unelected. Well, I, I self-identify as the Mayor of the Northside, so that makes me the Mayor of the Northside. But anyway, why would you park these things? They want to shelter and restrooms. So how about we do this? We just rent one of those tents for the summer. Put it over there, and then as far as restrooms goes, best kept portable potties. Yeah. You know, get five or six of them. End of the summer, take them out. Yeah. Cost you a couple grand. We're good to go. Yeah, I mean that certainly is one way to, to try to address that issue. Um, I'll I'll make sure that they, the people in and uh, around the Wagon Park neighborhood, uh, understand that that might be an option they'd like to explore. Oh, talking with City Council Member Matt Keel, District 7, so that's the Kmart District, or what I call Viaduct Views. I don't know what you're calling it I yet. I like that. I like Viaduct, Viaduct Views. views. Yeah, um, like she was very on board with indoor sand volleyball courts as okay. part of the infrastructure I'm there. Sure so she was. Just, just I'm bad. sure she was. Her, her husband plays, so that's okay. fine. Um, uh, another thing with, I, I think this is, <laughs> this is, this is getting back to the five-year capital budget, is that sure. what we're calling it? Um, are you doing, she talked about this a little bit, but let's just get more details from you on uh, uh, the idea that we're going to rank, we're going to have like a ranking system on what is priorities and, yeah. and what's not, is that year by year? Is that all five years? How does that work? Yeah. What we're going to do is when, when the requests come in, we, um, and we would, we'd still expect, I still expect department heads to, uh, to be able to plan out for five years. So look at a project and say, well, I don't need this next year, but I do need it in two years. And so put that in for 2023. And then uh, we just started that this year where we introduced a ranking system. So we are ranking projects on a number of different criteria, and they may be related to safety or they may be related to um, age or need or you know a number of different things. And I'm, I'm not doing it justice, but there's a number of different categories that we rank these on. And, and this, is, this is a step in a much different direction, but something that municipalities do everywhere. And it really is a subject, or a, I'm sorry, an objective way for kind of a ranking team to take these projects and say, okay, that's cute that you want that, but it doesn't rank very high. We're not, we're actually not going to fund that, or we're, or it's going to be unfunded, or we're going to, we're going to push it out until 2026 or something like that. The difference between what that is and what's been done in the past is that that department heads will still schedule projects, say, we might need this in three years or two years or one year, but there's been no ranking system. And so it's been up to, up until this point, or for the last many, many years, just basically the mayor arbitrarily saying, well, this one, not this one, this one, not this one, and then going through the whole thing. You don't want to leave this process up to one person. It just doesn't make any sense. Is that why everything is really fancy around Tim Cabot's house, where he used to live there? And yeah, there's, there's, a, there's all the a projects. Fancy. And I'm not blaming Tim for anything. I mean, he's he d- did what he felt was best for the city of La Crosse at the time. I feel like we need to have a, a, a process and a system in place that's more reasonable, more sensible, and more objective based so that we're making better decisions for the future of lacrosse. All right. So Jay Odegaard, Parks and Rec Director, he's yep. a department head, right? That's yep. he'd be one of the people ranking. Does he rank his own projects or does he get to, you know, rank uh, other departments' projects too? Because he'll just put his top five mm-hmm. and then six, seven, eight will be, you know, streets projects. But of course the parks and rec guy is gonna put all his parks projects ahead of top, ahead Park, of everyone else. Parks, forestry and buildings and grounds. He's in charge of a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's 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 got he's got a lot of hats. 
actually, it's not department heads that are going to do this in the future. We had a small team that started this process this year, and we're going to have a basically a, a ranking team that does this from now on. Oh, okay. So, and then those department's heads will probably just have some input. Hey, this is why I would want this rank number yeah, one. Yeah, they're going to take somebody out for like a steak dinner. <laughs> that could be. So, about the I mean, look at how badly. Park. Look at how badly we defeated, you know, we beat them by like 75 points. We should shoot up the rankings after that. Absolutely. So. Um, all right, so yeah. we got 30 seconds. Tell oh, us why the Bucks and Six tonight, Mayor Mitch Reynolds. <laughs> uh, wow, that was a good question. Uh, I really think that what the what the Bucks have shown the Suns is that they have they have bigs that the Suns can't handle. Frankly, that's pri- that's primarily it. Um, and they just I think they have uh, a, sh- a shorter bench, but the, the impact that those bench players have is is more is more impactful. How how big a fan are you with? Home Bobby Portis, Milwaukee Bobby Portis, with the eyes bugging out of his head. It looks like his eyes are going to shoot right out of. He's a cartoon character. Well, he's one of the people that are difficult to guard for the Suns. I just, I love his energy and I love how he plays. All right, that's Mayor Mitch Reynolds. I appreciate you coming on. We're going to the hard night workout, so it's going to happen anytime here. I don't even know. It's like fifty-four seconds, something like that. But uh, bucks and six—that's what we're doing. I don't have closing time. That's what I need. Closing time to play, and we'll just do right up to the hard night workout.